Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employers respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, back in the Brooklyn bunker. I don't know what to say. I have just been contemplating, y'all, when the last time, when was the last time that I had consistently good feeling days in America? Meaning, I had good feeling days about the direction this country is headed in, about my faith in our institutions, any form of patriotism. And I'm really at a loss. I go back to when the election was finally decided and, you know, the sense of foolish you know, now in hindsight being 2020, foolish relief that I felt when Joe Biden was named president. I remember going down and opening champagne with my neighbors and being like, you know, we did it. And at the time, I thought that the we did it, that the did part was the hardest part of the work that was going to be asked of us, which was to go out in the midst of a health pandemic without a vaccine to vote Satan or who we perceive to be Satan out of the White House. And what I realize now, folks, (laughs) is that I don't really know what we did, right? You know, it's one of those feelings that I, that is like, that has begun to go, keep me up at night where I've been saying for the longest time that the last election really just hit pause 
on our democracy's decline, but it actually didn't. Because if you've been listening and paying attention to, you know, the major headline stories, and I know that you are because you listen to Woke AF, but there has been a rapid uh, uptick in the destruction of our democracy. So whether we're looking at state and local bills like the Don't Say Gay bill, whether we're looking at the over 20 trigger laws that are about to take place when Roe v. Wade is finally taken away, whether we're looking at the leaked draft, whether we're looking at Elon Musk saying that Donald Trump is going to return to Twitter, whether we're looking at, you know, reports on climate change and how rapidly our, the earth is, is, is declining. I look at these things and I thought that when we voted for Biden, that we were putting an adult back in the room, that there were going to be people that we could trust to lead these institutions that had been up until that point under Donald Trump, completely and totally gutted. You saw mass resignation of career um, career staff, which is integral to the operation of all of our agencies, right? And I kind of felt that with the reinstating of folks with inter- integrity, that we would be in a better place. And we're totally fucking not. I don't even know what fucking place we're in. And this is why, like, I hit record and generally I have some idea, you know, and things written down that I want to talk about, but I'm just like, folks, I'm fucking dumbstruck. I I really am. I, I, I can't, because every conversation that I'm having, and this week I'm going to talk to, you know, a range of folks, but every conversation that I'm having, I finish the interview feeling worse than when I went into it. Meaning that we do our due diligence between myself and my producer, Andrew, to bring in some of the most thoughtful, well-read, well-researched, well-versed people on a range of topics. And it is starting to hit me that with each and every person that I am bringing on the show and engaging in conversation with, we all hang up feeling the same fucking way, which is... I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. And sometimes we say that. (laughs) You know, coming up in my conversation, my weekly conversation uh, with our friend, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, one of the things that I have been reading up on because the news isn't really covering it anymore is COVID. And where the fuck we are with that? Well, come to find out, we have two new subvariants that have been discovered in South Africa once again by the South African uh, doctors who are researching, uh, continuing to research how COVID is mutating and the new sequencing and um, spike proteins. And they're the only ones doing it because their country is still largely, 60% of the country is still largely unvaccinated. Now, that isn't because, unlike in the United States, where we have 23% of the population that is unvaccinated because they are fucking idiots. No, it's because the vaccine is still not made widely available in places with 
black and brown people uh, that are the, you know, that that are the citizens. And, you know, these wealthier nations said that they were going to do their part in ensuring that less wealthy nations had the access that they needed in order to get these vaccines, vaccines or at least be able to create their own versions for cheaper. And they haven't fucking followed through on that. But why would we assume that white people in power would follow through on any goddamn thing? Right? Uh, the health and welfare of, uh, of each other actually matters when you're in a shared global health pandemic. But as it turns out, you know, white colonization and supremacy, um, doesn't really put the feelings and the well-being of others uh, in the same realm that they do themselves. And so they're pretty much like, who the fuck cares? Sadly, their who the fuck cares mentality as it pertains to giving low-wealth countries the help and aid that they need because their protection means all of our protection is in part of the scarcity white supremacist model, Right. Um, you would have to have an um, abundant way of thinking, right? That all people matter and that by, and that my brother really is my keeper, right? And that my responsibility really is to my community and not just the community that I live in, but the global community in which I'm a part of. And he realized that that's not the case. It doesn't fucking matter whether or not Donald Trump is in office or Joe Biden, frankly, because their attitudes to me when we are looking at the responsibility of this country that has done so much damage, particularly in black and brown nations and low-income nations, to do the right thing, you have one, Donald Trump will just be like, fuck those shithole countries and tell you like it is. You may not like it, but at least he's telling you the fucking truth about how he feels, right? So you don't expect shit from him. But what I realize is that Democrats are just as are 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 just nuanced in their I don't give a fuck about that country. Right? They just couch their same result of do of do nothing in nuance. So you'll talk about, oh, we need to have immigration policy and we need to do these things, uh, and the humanity of all people and the dehumanization that is happening overseas to the people of Ukraine at the hands of Russia, but you won't take any responsibility for the dehumanization that we all witnessed at the hands of U.S. Border Patrol towards Haitian migrants and, uh, and those from Central America and Mexico, right? Like, we won't talk about that. And you see, this is what I'm saying about Republicans is that they'll just tell you straight up who the fuck they don't give a fuck about, right? Whereas Democrats, I guess, allow us to be able to pretend that they care when we know that their actions actually really do line up. So right now, when we're still reeling from the news of the leaked abortion decision draft from the Supreme Court. And then you're watching the news and realizing that some Democrats are still coming out publicly with their support for codifying abortion and other repo care into our laws. We're still trying to convince Democrats that women need to be able to have the ability to control their own bodies. So I'm supposed to feel what exactly about the Republicans who I know where they have always aligned?
So on this issue, once again, we're we're not going to be able to do what is right. One, we need the 60 votes and nobody's going to blow up the filibuster for voting rights, for women's rights, for anything, because it is the preservation of this archaic fucking tool um, that is more important than the preservation of bodily autonomy, liberty and justice for all. So, uh, you know, forgive me on this Wednesday for being I don't know. Just outdone and at a loss for words. Folks, I I can't tell you that it matters that we're gearing up for public hearings with the 1-6 House Commission, because I don't think that it does. I can't tell you that it matters that Elon Musk, uh, once he buys Twitter, is going to put Donald Trump back on. I can't tell you that I give a shit. I mean, I hate Elon Musk and everybody knows that. And I hate white men in power who abuse it and use their power to threaten harm uh, and cause pain for marginalized communities just because they can for the fuck shit of it, right? Um, I'm at a place where... I actually do just want to see all of this shit burn to the ground. I'm going to be honest. I don't think that there is stop, there's any way to stop the inevitable. I keep thinking about the matrix in my head where, you know, Mr. Smith, who was consistently going after Neo, said that he was trying to stop the inevitable, right? It was going to be inevitable that the machines were going to take over, Right that um that humankind was going to be enslaved right in inside of this matrix that they were never going to win and i mean and it's hollywood so you know the good guys win in the end but there was a repeat of history and there probably will be because what the matrix the last installation showed us is that Without persistent vigilance, without the consistency in vigilance, in training, in building up a pipeline of people to come behind those that are currently in power, without this war posture, right? Where do we go? What, what do we do? It is inevitable that our democracy is going to fail because it takes two parties in order for it to succeed and two parties in order for it to fail. Now I can point fingers and say all of the things that I've been saying until I'm blue in the face about what Republicans are doing and they're doing, you know, in broad daylight, right? They're doing out in the open and they're doing it with little to no opposition whatsoever. And it is that lack of opposition, it is that lack of offense on the part of the Democratic Party that is going to be the final nail in the coffin of our democracy that Republicans have built. And so when you realize all of these things, one fucking interview and one conversation after the other, you're just like, can we fast forward to the end? Right? And figure out who is left and what is left and if anything can be rebuilt? Because this fucking, you know, 
accelerated coup ride that we're on right now is getting on my fucking nerves. Right? Like, I just want to fast forward to midterms when we lose. Fast forward to what Republicans are going to do um, and how they're going to gut the country. And then fast forward to 2024 when there is the final fascist takeover. And then fast forward five, ten years down the road from there. Will there be a revolution or will the people be too apathetic to actually do anything? And they'll just succumb to the will and the whim of the oppressor. I don't know. But I got to tell you that it doesn't feel good after each and every conversation that people that are way smarter than me are feeling the exact same thing. Absent any action in the next five months from the Democratic Party, we're done. So that's how I'm feeling today. And I'm not going to bullshit you. Some days I have more energy and fight and fire than others. Today is not that day. Um, Today is the day that I read headline after headline and watched way too much news. And none of it is trending in our direction. And so what does that mean about how we're going to fortify ourselves, our sanity, our well-being uh, as we move through what is going to be the inevitable demise of America? And the America that we know, how do we prepare for this next version? That is going to be actually where my mind is for the next couple of days, the next couple of weeks, the next couple of months. This country has seen a lot of bad days, a lot of bad centuries, depending on what community you're a part of. This is something that is a little bit different. To me, it's a little scarier. Because we have more knowledge than ever before. We have more tools than ever before and yet seem to be stuck. And I don't know what it's going to take to unstick us. Coming up next, friends, my conversation with our good doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl, about where we are with COVID and what we need to be paying attention to in that news story that no longer makes news. Hey, I'm David Plotz of Slice Political Gab Fest. As another election season accelerates, it can be tricky to sort through all the noise in the news. Each week on the GabFest, John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, and I decipher the headlines, break down the races, and tell you what issues really matter. We do not always agree. We definitely do not always agree. But we always deliver thoughtful debate, and we always have a good time. So subscribe to Slate's Political GabFest. New episodes every Thursday. Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. Folks, when it is Wednesday and, you know, I'm marinating in misery, there's no better person that I love to talk to on this day than our in-house doctor, Dr. Jonathan Metzl. Uh, Jonathan, so I know that the world believes that COVID is over. Um, I have had at least three friends in the last uh, week tell me that they have tested positive for COVID. 
Uh, yesterday, I read a New York Times article that went through the two new subvariants of Omicron that have been discovered once again by the amazing uh, doctors in their sequencing that they've been doing in South Africa, because no one else apparently in the world uh, outside of South Africa is still investigating how COVID is mutating. And why is that? Well, because uh, I believe that there is still 60% uh, of people in Africa have not received their first dose of the vaccine uh, in South Africa. In neighboring uh, countries and neighboring nations, uh, vaccination remains incredibly low. So it is not unusual for us to be hearing that there are mutations that are coming out of a region that we have yet to as a, as a wealthy uh, uh, nation, have yet to provide with the kind of aid that they need. In the New York Times ar article, Jonathan, I will say this. White journalism is, on, is some shit. And it was because there was one sentence in there that really threw me for a loop. And it said, even the United States doesn't have 23% of the country vaccinated. I'm like, even the United States, the United States has the worst COVID numbers on the planet with now over a million people having died, um, like a hundred million plus have been infected. But the way that was written was just like, oh, and even us, we're struggling. I'm like, we've been ground zero. So um, give me your initial reactions to this news about BA.4 and BA.5 the new subvariants of Omicron. And what they are saying is that you are vaccinated, you won't be hospitalized, but this time around, you also won't be asymptomatic. When when we were kids in, in Missouri, my parents would take us to this place called Trout Farm. Um, and, and the thing about Trout Farm was like, there were like a bunch of like little trout that they would throw into the pond. It was like, you know, it's like little kids can feel good catching fish in a teeny little pond. And the usually you'd catch some teeny little fish that had just been thrown in the pond like two minutes ago. But And there were all these really big trout at the bottom. And they were the smart trout who like never got caught because they're like, I'm not eating that worm. Like the hell with that, you know? And so we always wanted to catch the big trout, but we never did because they were the trout that that you know that that knew what they were doing and i feel like covid now is coming for the big trout and we're the big trout because we're the people who have been like wearing our masks and washing our hands and social distancing and doing all this stuff and and so now covid has figured out like man there's a whole there's a whole growth economy <laughs> for us still out there, out there. <laughs> yeah and we can get the big trout the people who have actually done the right shit the entire time we're coming for those guys and so mm -hmm. In a way, that's kind of what's happening is that COVID has figured out a way to get like us. Like, I'm not surprised that like, you know, the yakardoodles who are just like, you know, embracing COVID and licking the subway pole and stuff like they're, you know, they've had it a bunch of times already. But the problem with these new variants is that, I mean, you know, the big O member when we started talking about it was yep. it was so it was so infectious that it was like, oh my God, how could anything be more infectious? And now this new shit is like 27 yeah. times more more infectious than that. Right. And so we're up in measles territory right now is basically the long yeah. and the short of it. Um, and that makes, I mean, and so the stories that we're hearing, and I'm sure it's the same for you also, the stories that we're hearing 
are not of you know, people who like went to a strip club. Hey, darn, I got COVID at a strip club, whatever. What we're hearing is people who sound like me and you who are like, I was so careful this whole time. How the heck did I get COVID? And I've got a ton of people in my circle who are the same kind of thing. The big trout at the bottom of the, of the thing. But I, but I would say that COVID has figured out a way to make itself. I mean, we're really in among the most infectious possible <laughs> zones right now. It, mm-hmm. It's, I mean, we're, we're way up there in the history of viruses with um, this kind of spread makes, makes it, almost impossible to avoid. I mean, unless you're, I mean, I don't know. I live by myself. I go to the gym. I went to the gym this morning. I wore a mask, that kind of thing. But even, you know, I've got to go take a flight later today. I'll have my mask on, that kind of thing. But it's hard to, it's hard to avoid this now. I was going to say, I I feel like we've gotten to the place where, and this is what I, I I have was just home uh, visiting my family for mother's day. And, you know, myself, my mother, uh, my sister who lives abroad, um, we have yet to get COVID, right? And I have said to her, now it's pretty much just inevitable, right? Like there is there is really no avoiding this and it, for a couple of reasons. One, because everything is back, right? Events are back. Panels are back in person. Galers are back in person, right? You're being asked or invited to events and you, you can't say no at this stage because now everyone is going. So there is this peer pressure uh, that is now present where it's, it would seem ridiculous for you to say, I'm not going to do X because of COVID, right? We're never going to see a shutdown again. These things aren't going to happen. But at the same time, we haven't even hit summer yet. And the White House is already warning us of a really bad COVID fall and winter. And I'm like, oh, you mean like the pattern we've been doing for the last two years. Like we know that every winter and fall is bad. Um, so if we've all been doing the right thing, we're in measles territory, just unpack for a bit what that actually means. Is it fully endemic? Is it just, we just get ourselves all together, you know, in a hotel room, pop champagne and just get COVID and then go home and get over it. Well, you know, the, the bad thing about this new COVID, um, I haven't come up with a catchy nickname for it yet, um, but 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 I'll say that it's 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 escaping the it, people who got COVID before are getting COVID with this new COVID. People who got vaccinated are getting this new COVID. Uh, the the vaccine rate the the infection rates are just as high in New York as they are in the South. So the new COVID has figured out a way around not just around like our own social defenses, but also around the kind of antibody and, and T cell and other responses that we've had that have, that, that, that basically gave us memory. And so it'll be interesting to see, you know, right now there's infection rates, right. Which are super high. And I think what we're seeing, nobody wants to admit it really is that the vaccine is not, it's not really, of course, it's not preventing infection. A lot of people are getting sick. Uh, you, people are getting symptomatic, even if they've been vaccinated. Mm-hmm. But that's also true for people who've had COVID before. So it's good getting around people who also have the immune response of having COVID before. So this is like, this has reinvented itself to the point where mm-hmm. it's almost like a kind of new thing in a way. And so the issue will be how sick are people getting, right? What, what's going to happen to hospitalizations? What's going to happen to deaths? And I'd say at least right now, 
at least right now, it doesn't seem the main thing is that the early variants attack the lungs and anything in the Omicron chain does not attack the lungs. And so I think that as long as we're in that chain, you know, lung infection is what killed a lot of people. And so, so I don't think we're going to see the level of death that we saw before, but it's also super shit, right? Because what this tells us, number one is that the virus is mutating well beyond what anybody expected. Like people thought it would kind of fizz out by now. Number two, that probably means that the pandemic I hate to say this, it's probably going to go on for at least another couple of years. You know? But 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 I wanna I, I wanna ask you this because you know, Dr. Fauci, who we'll probably never hear from again, is using a different he's using different words. Yeah. He's saying he had said right before the White House correspondence dinner that, you know, we are entering into an endemic stage. So talk to us about these two words, pandemic and endemic, and what, if any wrench, BA. Point four and BA.5, the two new subvariants throw in that midst? I mean, the best outcome is possibly what we have right now, which is this thing is just floating out there. When things are endemic, they never go away. And so, um, but, but, but again, then he, remember he said that it was, the pandemic was over and then he recanted. And, <laughs> uh, so, I'm sorry. I missed, I missed yeah. the recant and I just, you know, I laugh because I'm at a point of delirium yeah. where I just don't know what to do or say anymore. No, no, it's it's pretty funny. I mean, it's kind of not funny. Not but funny, but yeah. you know. It's know. funny, not funny. But the thing is, he, he recanted. And, um, and so... <laughs> <laughs> so I will say that so, the, yeah. fall, the fall is going to suck. I mean, the fall is going to suck. And so what I can say from an optimistic point of view, unless it gets shut down by the, you know, whatever, is that they're working on a new broad, broader vaccine, a vaccine that is at least bivalent, that will attack different parts of the COVID um, virus as it infects mm-hmm. you and stuff, not just the spike protein, uh, a, a vaccine that is more specific to Omicron, because it doesn't seem like Omicron's going away. Um, and that's being tested now. There's so in the best of all worlds, we would have a new vaccine coming out for for what's happening now, the way we have flu, and it's not 100% perfect, and sometimes we miss it and that kind of thing. But I, I sure hope there's a new vaccine that's ready by fall. That that to me is going to be the make or break thing, because if if that's not the case, we're going to have a horrific fall. So that does seem like deja vu all over again. But even in the midst of like everything else happening and molten lava falling from the sky. And um, I don't know, before I go to bed, I read um, about the extinction of the dinosaurs now and stuff just to keep my spirits up. And so, um, uh, and, uh, and so, you know, we're in that moment, right? Where we're like, damn, look at that 50 foot lava cloud heading toward us. Um, what's for lunch, honey? Uh, but the thing is um, that I do think it's going to be make or break, honestly, if we get this new vaccine by fall, that's going to be a really big deal. But I mean, if we get a new vaccine by fall, is it going to be available to everybody? Because the last time the White House came out and told us that they don't have any money, uh, that they don't have any money to, you know, to distribute to people without insurance, to distribute, you know, in mass uh, because Congress hasn't approved any money for them, but they're sending all of our tax dollars to Ukraine. So I'm just wondering, like, 
even if something were to become available, invented, is it going to be widely available? It really depends on what happens. I mean, look, the perfect example is the flu vaccine, right? The minute it stopped being profitable, the minute it stopped, there stopped being like a regular customer for the flu vaccine, it, it took a literally an act of Congress to get them to start making flu vaccine again. All these kind of vaccines, the minute they stop being profitable and the market drops, um, you need gov- this is where you need government. You need government support for these kind of vaccines. And so that's a really good question. I sure hope, I mean, they really need to pass this COVID bill. I mean, this I don't is just see that. Unbel- I mean, I honestly don't see them doing that. And we have midterms in six months against a party that doesn't believe in the COVID vaccine, that doesn't believe in COVID, doesn't believe in the vaccine, definitely doesn't believe in helping uh, people. So if we're headed into a bad fall politically, because we have midterms, we're headed into a bad fall because they're telling us Omicron is, you know, coming on a cloud over the mountaintop. I mean, it just sounds like we're just in a, a collision course. Yeah. So maybe. I might as I well mean, just enjoy my summer, right? Like drink as I mean, much as possible, lay in the is, sun. Yeah. You know, this is the summer. I mean, the, the, the frustrating part also about that is that there's all this new, there's going to probably be a new internasal vaccine where you just like, you know, snort a line of vaccine and, and you're fine. Um, and so I would say, you know, like there's, there's, there's all this technology that's coming. So we could nip this fucker in the bud. Um, but uh, I guess I just lost my viral moment there, but, but I would say, <laughs> um, I would say that um, I would say that, you know, we could fix this thing and, and it's so frustrating. And, and, and if they don't pass that, I mean, they really need to pass that COVID funding thing. You know, they really but do. But I'm like, I, it's just, you know, when you said like, we're at a point where you see the molten lava cloud coming and you're like, what's for lunch? Like, this is, I am laughing because I'm just like, what else? Right. Like there's just everything is just like the only thing that you can ask yourself is what else? What else is coming? Like, so we're not going to get funding. You have an impending bad fall and winter coming. The vaccines that we currently have are not, you know, are, are will I guess maybe stop us from death. But according to the New York Times article, it's not going to stop us from being very sick. And to to my earlier point about friends that have evaded COVID until this point and are now getting it. I don't know uh, what version they're getting. I don't know if it's Omicron. I don't know if it's this new variant has entered the U.S. yet. I have no idea. It's the new- But I will say yeah. that one of my friends, it's been 11 days. He, it's been 11 days and he's like, I am unwell. I, I you know, I haven't been working. I'm exhausted. Like, you know, um, He's like, I got over the, 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 the fever part and the, and the really bad cough and all of that stuff. He's like, I got over that within five and six days. He's like, but the exhaustion persists. Right. And so I'm like, we already have shortages in certain industries for workers because they're all down with COVID. Right. And we're still at this. Oh, you get down. It's five days. You come back. But if your symptoms, it says five days unless your symptoms persist. If now we're moving into a stage where this, these new subvariants are producing symptoms, we're not even lucking out in that way where it's just like, oh yeah, I'm good. And I've tested negative. It's like, we're in a whole, am I wrong to say that we're moving into a whole different side of the forest now? 
Um, which side would that be? The <laughs> I mean, the side with quicksand in it. Yeah, you know, yeah, remember yeah. the forest from the yeah. Princess Bride? Oh, That's yeah. the forest I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, uh, I mean, Billy Crystal was pretty cute there, but no, I, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll, I'll just, I'll just quote Mitch McConnell. This is our summer of glory hole. Um, you know, this is our summer. This is our summer to enjoy ourselves. Um, this is our summer to 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 really um because man the shitstorm is coming <laughs> it really is and so I, and it and and again it's so frustrating because like we're so better equipped for this thing right now than we were three years ago in terms of what we know um so no I, I i worry about that too i mean i think that this is a virus that then lives in your body for your whole life and so of course people are going to have long-term symptoms. Of course they're going to have exhaustion. And, and the frustrating thing is it's, it's like the flu. Like it's like, you can get it every year, but it's like, it's much, you know, it's obviously much more dangerous than the flu also. So um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Quicksand's a good analogy, but. So the, the last question that I want to ask you, you know, and I've been really thinking about this and I just, you know, We've hit over a million people in this country have died um, in two years. And, you know, outside of the initial tribute that was done when right before the Biden administration began uh, in 2021, there has been no memorial, no nationwide day of mourning that has even been named to recognize the fact that a million souls over a million souls in this country have perished. What do you think that that says about our mental health, our empathy, our emotional contextualization of how this virus has impacted our lives? Partially it's because this thing is still happening. And so there's no like we're, it's still, we're still in it. I mean, it doesn't seem like it because half people aren't paying attention, but we're still in it, and which makes a Memorial Day. Now, I think that's a, actually an excellent idea. I think we should have a national day of COVID memorial every year. I think that that's something that yeah, really we should I do. do. Um, and it's funny to think about those early, remember everybody stayed home. We had a Zoom concert with Lady Gaga and Elton John, and it was like, we're all in this together. And like six months later, we're like, ah, go fuck yourself. You know, it's, it was just kind of like, um, so I do think that there needs to be something to mark this. I really do. Now, the problem is number one, it's still ongoing. Number two, we don't know what it is or where it's going. And number three, a million is just an incomprehensible number for most people. And so, um, you know, I, I just, so many people and families have been impacted by this, um, but, but again, the issue, of course, is as it goes on this long and it's airborne and it's changing and expert knowledge lasts about as long as a variant and then then it becomes a conspiracy. So it would be awesome if there was some kind of unity around this. It would be awesome to imagine what that is. Just given our political system, I I can't see that, yeah. but I, I would totally support a, a national day like that. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, I just think you know, <clears throat> we are at a point where every single one of us knows somebody that has died of COVID. And so given, given that reality, the fact that we just continue to press on like all is normal, like 
there hasn't like we're not still living inside of a plague. You know, I, I watched uh, a segment of 60 Minutes where they were interviewing middle schoolers whose, you know, their attempts at suicide have skyrocketed. Right. Their emotional like uh, and, and their emotional well-being is fucking shot. And we're not even paying attention to the pandemics within the pandemic, which is about our mental health, yep. uh, uh, you know, and, and the fact that we're still we still expect kids to go to school and learn. We still expect people to go to work and like the lack of acknowledgement around what we continue to go through, I think, is is another form of gaslight. Right. Like we're already being politically gaslit by the Republican cult party. And then you're being gaslit here where it's like the lack of acknowledgement to me just goes to reinforce the fact that this was not a big deal. Right. And and I and I'm like, is there an opportunity and what does that opportunity look like, you know, to. To collectively mourn and acknowledge what we've been through. I mean, and so, we, I, you know, I yeah. don't know. We lost so much when we when we politicized this thing, we lost right there. And just wait for it to get worse. I'll tell you that. That's another prediction of mine. If the Republicans win the midterms, just wait for two years of China bashing and blaming other people and projecting and not reflecting and not mourning and all this kind of thing. So, you know, anger and projection is is the kind of defense mechanism of the decade. And and so I think unfortunately we're gonna see this pandemic politicized in a whole new way. If, the, if they take over after the midterms and it'll just make that sense of despair worse. It's, it's been the case from the beginning that everybody just wanted somebody to get angry at because the thought that you can just breathe and catch something and die is so imp- incomprehensible. It led to this tribalization. It led to po- more polarization and there's none of what you're saying, which is reflection, which would be a much healthier response a much more communal and kind of networked response, but we're, we're very far from that right now. I agree. Jonathan, as always, thank you for taking the time to join us each and every week. Um, because if there's nowhere else, we're going to have collective reflection. We're sure as hell going to try and do it here so that the rest of us don't feel crazy. So we appreciate you. Thank you. Hang in everybody. It's therapeutic for all of us. So let's just keep talking. Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. That is it for me today, dear friends on Woke AF. As always, power to the people and to all of the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck.
Get a behind-the-scenes look at Comedy Central's The Daily Show on Beyond the Scenes, an original podcast from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah. Every week, host Roy Wood Jr. goes deeper with the notable guests and experts from the Emmy Award-winning series. Together, they use comedy to tackle current topics from gentrification to gun laws and take a closer look at how and why these topics matter. Listen to Beyond the Scenes from The Daily Show with Trevor Noah on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes every Tuesday. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.